I thought I thought it was a winning performance. Uh, I don't have any strong critique, critiques. I'll probably give you guys more definitive things of that nature in terms of the quality of play. Next time we get together, just as I sit here right now, uh, from an emotional standpoint, I'm just really appreciative of the efforts of the men um, and their ability to complement one another and play together and, and make those necessary plays in those weighty moments. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. It's another beautiful, gorgeous day, and we are opening up the locker room with a lot of joy, a lot of happiness. And just as, you know, just as we're just coming in, who comes zooming in right at the appropriate time would be my partner, Max. Max Starks, good to see you in the Valley of the Sun, my friend. Yeah, it's just like a perfectly timed wham block, boy, you know? (laughs) Only I'm, I'm yeah. still conscious. All right. Yeah, exa- exactly. That's the you're, good you're part. Go- you're going through the A gap. You think I got a clean shot at the quarterback, and then all of a sudden, wham! wham. Boom. Oh, no my longer goodness. solo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we get rolling, though, Max, I got to tell you about last night because last night we had the Light of Life Rescue Mission Gala at Heinz Field. And I know that you do and are involved in a lot of charitable work. And, and I just. Um, I just like to put this out for the folks because this was Tunch's big thing. Tunch loved the Light of Life Rescue Mission. That's over there on the North Shore. You know, they've been doing the, yeah. God's work for over 50 years, 60 years over there. And they had a big fundraiser last night that they broke their, their goal amount. And it's just wonderful because they're expanding their efforts to reach out to the homeless, to the addicted, to the lost. Um, it's a wonderful place. Uh, Tunch had always told me way back... 35 years ago, he said to me, you got to come down to the Light of Life Rescue Mission, man. He says, you walk through those doors, and it'll change your worldview. It'll change you, period. And I, you got to understand, Max, you know, you, like you, I was involved in charities as a player. You know, you do, you, do, you know, yeah. and, so, and they're all great. They all have their value and their worth. You know, you have to understand and think about where you want to spend your, your, your charitable time and efforts, you know. So I'm sitting there, I go into touch, I go, well, well, you know, in some of these other chairs, they got really nice dinners, you know, really good food and everything. Touch goes, Touch goes, would you stop with the food? It's not always about the food. (laughs) 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 You know, I ended up going down there on a Thanksgiving day, speaking of food. And, and and we were serving uh, the homeless as they came, you know, they came in, and it was a amazing experience. But that was the day it did change me because I met a. Uh, it wasn't a. I've seen you know homeless men, homeless women, but I saw a homeless family, and I'd never seen that. And it was two kids, a mother, a father, two kids, who neither were was over the age of eight. It was a wintry cold day uh, on a Thanksgiving way back around 80, latter part of the 80s somewhere. And I got to tell you something, it broke my heart. You know, I see your beautiful girls running in and out, you know, coming to see dad in the morning. I have my family. And, you know, we are so blessed and in, in, in uh, such a, a privilege to raise our children and to be able to do those things. And then to, to see and experience that on a level of the pain, boy, I tell you, it's something. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and, and that, that's the thing. It it it, it opens like 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 Tunch said, it opens your worldview. I mean, yeah. 
you know, for me as a kid, I mean, I I I, I remember countless Easter's and <laughs> Thanksgivings um, where my mom had us at the Salvation Army right. in Orlando serving Thanksgiving uh, meals and serving Easter meals, um, and we did that. I did that as a young as a young kid, um, growing up all the way up to my teenage years. And it is something that does it it, 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 it shapes your view. It, it allows you to understand uh, that your heart can be bigger than yes. you might think it is um, by by providing um, a service and providing for those in need. That's why when I was in Pittsburgh, I made sure that we did our Thanksgiving food drive every right. year. And we went, we picked different places uh, around around the city to do those food drives so that we could hit target areas. Um, to make sure that we could provide those meals for certain families, but it, it's it takes it to a different level when you're there serving at the community food bank, right, delivering food to families in need, and and so that was something I was blessed that my mom gave me that opportunity as a young kid to see that, and it shaped my mind on how I viewed charity, and about the things that mattered, and about you know being able to help someone uh, when you have the means to it is truly a special gift. Um, and something that you don't take for granted, right? Absolutely. Your your little bit of time, your little bit of of effort that you might think it is can go a long way and can make a difference in not only a person's life, but like you said, a family's life um, and create that trend. Because, I mean, think about uh, Najee Harris, right? right. Where, where did he right. spend his draft? <laughs> How about that? The young man you know, spent it at a homeless yeah. shelter. Yes. Yeah. Because he had experienced yeah. that in his early life. Yeah. So it, it's it's amazing and powerful, um, you know, especially for people who get it right. You know, it 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 just it changes your view that things that you think are important don't necessarily become important anymore. <laughs> Isn't, yeah, that you know? <laughs> Isn't that so, the truth? Isn't that the truth? So I'm so happy that you're continuing Touch's work. And uh, and and do, and down there and look now they have a gala wolf now they have the good I know wolf. it's a gala of all things you know get Zooks man it's just yeah. but it's a beautiful thing because you know there yeah. were some of the clients down there um, the people that that came in with you know the one thing I love about uh, Light of Life they come in some of them with no hope they they are hanging on by a thread to life and life is poured into them and you see like at the graduation ceremonies. You see people that um, had no hope, and they have hope now because of the, the fact, because Jesus has changed their heart and worked in their life, and you've got people surrounding them that are supporting them and overcoming their addictions, whatever it is that, that uh, they are facing. And um, I just I love the, the people down there. They are truly, um, they, they were first touches, then my heroes, because I don't have the, the skills to help somebody in that situation, but I have the ability to help uh, raise some money for the people that can do those and have those skills. And that's where, you know, if, if no matter what you do, you can find a part and parcel of doing something for anybody. If you can't be the actual, you know, the one that giving of that life or helping someone that find something along the way that you can do and just pour some life into somebody else. Well, and, and that's the thing, and that is your gift that you have to give, Wolf, right? Well, besides eating, I mean, you know what I mean? Well, eating yeah, just... I mean, that is, that is a skill, you but know, those competitions, they don't pay that much. You know, so. Max, I don't, even, I don't even have to work at it. I just, you know, it's an natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just is. It just is. It's like breathing. It's okay. It's not, 
It's just one of those ancillary functions that just happens. <laughs> ancillary. Oh, I tell you, my mom, Hoopy, just loves you because you're always talking with big words. She goes, you can tell Max went to class, okay? <laughs> oh, no. I can't wait for you to meet Hoopy sometime, man. That would just be... I, can't, I can't wait as well, man. That, that would be full circle for me to, to meet Dale and Hoopy at the same time. <laughs> I did see the circle of the wolfly life. There you go. You get it all. (laughs) Well, somebody else got an explanation, got a circle of life explained. Um, Though Mike Tomlin says, I wouldn't necessarily say I got clarity. And I guess the NFL office came down and explained itself, you know, um, uh, but I guess Mike is like going, well, you know what? Uh, I got an explanation, but I did not get clarity. And basically, I ain't going there anymore because I know that the fines are going to follow. Yeah, exactly. The further I go, the deeper they dig into my pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, you know, when I look at it, I'm just like, you won the game. It's the bye week, right? You get 24 hours to complain about it. Then after that, it's over. (laughs) You know, and we've hit the 24. And Mike has hit the 24 hours. And he's like, you know what? I'm over it. I'm over it. It's good. It's done. We won. It did not cost us in this situation. And they're now put on notice for the next situation. Uh, so, yeah. So so make sure that if you come into Heinz Field or you have the Steelers, that you are on your P's and Q's about how you define this and that you're consistent. I think that's the biggest thing. It's the accountability aspect that you want to raise the question. You want to put it out there into the ether, right? Right. And you want to make sure that, hey, there's no question about it coming forward. Because I'm going to be on top of this, and you can't just you can't just you can't just feed me, can't feed me anything and tell and tell me it's great when it's not right. great. Right. <laughs> you know it does. You know it, it it does bear introspection because you're literally talking about, um, you know, a, a situation that could have cost the game. Obviously, we know that. I'm I, I'm sitting yeah. there. And I'm I'm dumbfounded when I go over the series of of mishaps that occurred there between DK Metcalf actually being within inches of the sidelines, why you wouldn't want to step out of bounds, I don't know. But, you know, that's that's for him. Uh, but at the same time, James Pierre comes up, makes a great play, by the way. The ball gets knocked loose. It comes out. Now they're able to jump on the dead gum thing. And then they run over, and the whole resetting and snapping, um, I guess what it is is what, what kind of bugged me I understand that they probably maybe they had one second and they they killed the clock. Okay, but why the replay guy jumps in and, and puts three seconds back on is something that just makes you go, okay, that's not making sense. You know, you're literally, why are you redoing what you've already done? I mean, you're you you know you're respiking the ball essentially when it was already it was okay to you know to go with the fact that they spiked it with one second left, if indeed. That's what it was. I mean, to me, it's yeah. silly to look at, at DK Metcalf when you could obviously see the guy caught the ball in bounds. And he has neon green cleats. So yeah. there's no like, oh, my gosh, it blended in with the white of the side. No, <laughs> he he had on now and later cleats. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can <laughs> you see know, quite well. You can see quite well. Uh, and, and, and the other thing is, is that if – the ball was set by Freddie Swain, and no referee touched the ball, confirmed it, or anything. Like, 
Well, wait a minute. Then yeah. time, time, time should have ran off because, A, the, the side judge did not give the, the proper set for it. So we're right. assuming a player spot is better than the referee spot who's, who's in charge of the yardage and where it's supposed to be. So the clock should have ran because the referee still had to pick up the ball and set it. Right, so, and he did. By the way, did he or didn't? I can't remember. He, t- he he touched the ball. Okay, he touched the ball. He did. You know, it's like the touch spot. Yeah. No, that's literally <laughs> yeah, where you've got to stand fair, up yeah. with the ball and put it down. I mean, yeah. that's to my yeah. understanding what you know. And I couldn't. All of a sudden, I blanked. I couldn't remember. Did he actually touch the ball? Even, but I I don't he, think it was but just he, he it, just he just touched it. But they didn't verify the distance. Right. Because. Because, right, Freddie Swain could have ran up a yard and over and just set the ball up to help himself out. Right. As opposed to marking where that line was, where was it recovered, where was he touched, and then moving the ball. So it's almost like they tried to cover up for their own issue. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why 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 they probably took the extra time. Oh, did he go in? Oh, we have to verify this. Oh, let's verify the line because we allowed a player to set the ball – and we did kind of a blessing over it. We kind of gave it one of these <laughs> and, let, and let them proceed, which was not right. <laughs> Have you ever and been fined? I made fined? the sign of the cross. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I see. Have you ever been fined in your NFL career? Yes, I have. Mm. Yes, I have for something very stupid. Well, I had one. I had a couple. But one of them was, was fighting. Okay, big deal. The one that was really stupid was I got fined 50 bucks from my white socks being too high over my black socks. So so to take that one further <laughs> about how stupid my fine was, $2,500 for my shirt being untucked after I've been taken out the game at the Hall of Fame game. I I can't help but laugh. First of all, the disparity yeah. between fifty bucks and twenty five hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It tells yeah, you all exactly. about about the two eras. Okay, yeah, they're, they're exactly, just two, exactly. two different eras. <laughs> but they're both fashion. They're, they're you know. both fashion police items. Are you I'm like, kidding are me? You ki- why are you watching me on the sidelines <laughs> and my jersey's untucked <laughs> and not watching the game? Fine cop, whoever you are. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? And this is after halftime. I'm out the game. You're lucky I did not take my shoulder pads off. I at least kept my uniform on. Most guys get completely undressed, you know, and come to the sidelines. I'm like, I at least was like, had the decency to keep my jersey, shoulder pads, my my pads and my pants on. My socks were still up. Shoes were still laced. Right. And you get me, you get me for an untucked jersey. Really? Oh my. And now, guys. Now guys can wear a shirt underneath their jerseys and have that hanging out in their uniform and not even have to tuck the jersey in, and that's not even a fine anymore. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> My socks are too high. Your jersey's hanging too low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you got yes. pinched for 2450 more bucks than I did. All yeah, right. We got to go to break. Bull. <laughs> I'm sorry, Max. I'm not yeah. laughing at, at your loss no, of financial no. gain. It's the ridiculousness of the circumstance. Yes. I, I thought get my it. socks were bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back in the locker room after this.
I didn't get to see it. I'm mad. Um, I was, you know, talking to Dobbs, I think, about something, and I hear the screams and the balls out, and uh, I didn't know who did it, but I kind of asked someone, was it, was it DJ? Because you kind of expect that. So um, I'm just glad they paid him and kept him here. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> so we left off the last segment. I'm laughing, and we're coming back into it, and I'm still laughing. Only the subject has changed because one of the ninjas here in the locker room uh, decided to throw on Gloria, which is a little bit different tune than normally we have in the locker room. Of course, it would be Ninja Disco Jacob, right? Disco great. But, but this is the whole thing. <laughs> Max starts dancing. He's going. He's just dancing up a storm in his private studio there down in the Valley of the Sun <laughs> in Phoenix, right? And, and Jacob looks at me. He's got this, like, little, like, uh, grin. Well, it was like, a, oh, yeah, but a little little evil grin. Kind of like, he goes, yeah. Is he dancing? I go, yeah, he's dancing. He goes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so Jacob sends that with love, Max, knowing yes. that you were going to be up and jamming. <laughs> That's right. Get the juices flowing early in the morning. <laughs> Jacob takes it upon himself that he personally gets your you all jacked up for the show. Good deal, yes. man. All right. <laughs> Soundtracks of life right there. Soundtracks of life. You got to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Now. There's still, unfortunately, Mike uh, Tomlin has referenced it and said there's really no timeline yet for Steph Tewitt. I mean, uh, you know, Steph Tewitt, and we, you know, we've talked about the great year thus far. Uh, Cam Hayward's just having an unbelievable year. Um, and if yeah. you saw some of the, the work that went on the other day, you know, last week against Seattle, you know, you go back to some of those problems with the run game, well, Part of that is that Steph Tewitt is not there. I don't care what you want to say. You know, Chris Wormley is he's a he's a good sixth guy, you know, or fifth guy, stuff like that. But he's not Steph Tewitt. You know what I mean? Yeah. You 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 look at Tyson Alualu, and um, you know we talked about his value, but you really see it when Isaiah Bugs is in there. Uh, and that's not to say Isaiah is not a good con- contributing a uh, contributing player. But at the same time, it's a level that is is a notch down from Tyson. Tyson is one of those guys who played that nose tackle like a three technique with uh, speed and with technique and with low body leverage. And, and Isaiah, I think, sometimes just depends on his God-given strengths of his body size girth and his ability you know, with being strong. But, you know, you've got to play with technique. You get out of sorts and you run into problems. So even when you play instead of a nickel, you bring out your base Oki and you go that 3-4. you got a nose tackle. you got a couple of uh, five techniques, right? you got your, your, yeah. your tackles lining up. So and, and, and you don't stop the run. Now there's a real problem. There's a real problem there. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that, that that is the issue, and, you know, it, it's unfortunate, you know, uh, with Steph's injury and, and and not having a timeline, you know, but Cam can only do what Cam can do, and Chris right. Wormley can only do what they can do, uh, and the young pups, that that's just that's just a signal call right there. It, it's the young pups have to grow up. Isaiah Bugs, you got to grow. Isaiah yes. Loudermilk, you got to grow. Henry Mondo, you got to grow. 
And Carlos Davis, well, we got to get you on the field so that you can grow. <laughs> Good, point. <laughs> got, Good point. Yeah, exactly. Got got to get you in the dirt so we so we can actually pour some water on you so you can grow a little seedling. Um, you know, I, I and that's kind of where we're at. I think I think it's just you. Ha- we have to kind of you know table the step to it conversation for now. I think that's kind of also what what he said. Like, listen, I have nothing for you right now, so right. please stop asking. Yeah. Kindly, please, yeah, please, and thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's like we have the rotation that we have, and this is how we're moving forward until otherwise noted. <laughs> exactly so. But you'd yeah. still look at it and go, "Oh, what it could have been if Steph to yeah. it." And his his eleven saccharations that he had last year, you saw between Steph to it last year and Cam Hayward, what twin terrors and masters of disasters look like on the inside when they're wreaking havoc on the opposition. Those two together, man, that is a one plus one equals three proposition. Well, and, and you look at it and you also say, man, you know, remember Legion of Doom oh, wrestling? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Spike, you know, you had you had Animal out there. Right, you right? had Hawk. I mean, you had Hawk. I mean, you wanted to see I met them guys once. You know, you I, I'll never forget, yeah, met Hawk and Animal. Um, my, my old high school teammate, Larry Full, who was Lex Luger, um, he was wrestling. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was wrestling back in the, uh, I don't know, what, 90s. And uh, we were, I went to one of his events there at the old Mellon Arena and then, um, you know, got to hang out with the boys and, and in the locker room after. It was interesting, very interesting. It, it, it is, it is, it is. I mean, and that, that was a good old WCW days right oh, there. Oh, yeah, old championship absolutely. Wrestling. No question, Lex man. Luger. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so I was I was I was a WWF back when it was that before okay. it became for the World Wildlife Foundation said no our <laughs> thing's been Foundation. around longer than yeah <laughs> yeah exactly the World Wrestling Federation um, and I was a huge I was a huge wrestling kid growing up oh, oh yeah loved wrestling uh, at, at the at the the arena we used to call it um, Orlando Magic's arena was right around the corner I went to a couple WWF events oh yeah uh, back in the day and then of course as I became a older man uh you know in college wcw used to do a, a show in gainesville at at um at the o'connell center oh really um, it was like one of their things it just came in because of because of the relationship with uh with the nature boy rick flair okay um he, he if was, you want to be the man you gotta beat gotta the man beat the man woo! exactly <laughs> woo <laughs> you got a better woo yeah well i've been, I've been around rick flair now you know, he <laughs> developed yeah. that um, but yeah, so they used to cut. So I became a WCW fan, um, and then of course coming to the Steelers. You know, obviously WWE coming to Pittsburgh a whole lot. We we got to host and entertain the guys. But yeah, they're they're a different bunch. I love them because it gives you those football vibes when you're with them. But it's it's just a little bit extra tinge because it, you, you know it's somewhat it's somewhat dance choreography. At right, the same time. right. There's but it's a brutal th- ballistic dance choreography. What I always what I like tell people: physical ballet. Yes. But what <laughs> I, I like to tell people: I go, you don't understand these guys. Those holds, their show holds. Okay, that's what they call them. Yeah. It doesn't take much to turn those into lethal holds. Okay, it's no, not it like these not. guys couldn't. If they wanted to make th- make things hurt on you really bad, you know what I mean. Yeah. The the key word of a good wrestler versus a great wrestler, restraint. Restraint. Yes, <laughs> there you go. No doubt about it. Unquestionably so. Yeah. You know, but the fact is, without without uh, uh, without Steph to it, 
this defense is just now trying to find itself. And I go back to, and I was watching this morning again, the events that were occurring when Alex Collins started to rip the Steelers in the in the third quarter. And I kept going, well, they must have been playing something different or doing something different. But they they came out in, in 12 personnel. They had 13 personnel, did the Seahawks. There wasn't anything special. Yeah. Um, they ran the, the counter trap. I mean, one of the things that you saw was uh, the left guard, um, Damian Lewis. Uh, he put uh, TJ right on his duff one time. You know, I mean, that's yeah. that that doesn't happen much. You see the trailer, you know, coming around um, the the left tackle there. He comes around D- Dwayne Brown, and he gets a block on a guy. You know, people were being moved. One of the things that I I, I go back to all the time. I remember when uh, a teammate of mine in Tunches back in the day, John Goodman, got pulled out of a game. And they asked after the game, they asked Chuck Knoll, why did you pull Goodman out? He's a, a high, highly prized rookie, you know, coming out, or a second-year guy at that point, coming out of Oklahoma. And Chuck simply looked at the guy and said, he was being blocked. You know, and I mean, that's essentially what I came away with looking at the film again this morning, trying to, you know, puzzle out on what, what, what was the difference between in the third quarter they're just ripping them and then in the fourth quarter they have three consecutive three and out stands. Well, they weren't being blocked in the fourth quarter. In the third quarter they were being blocked. Yeah, and that's the thing. Who's going to wear out first? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good because point. I, think, I think that's how you have to look at it is that you know that offensive line is built for run blocking. When you look across the board on what Seattle's offensive line, their prowess is. Now, Dwayne Brown is your do-it-all type of tackle, right? right? Dwayne, Dwayne has been a pro bowler and all pro for a long time. And he did, he's done it now in the second stint. But the other guys, Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson comes from, from the Raiders, right? right? Another road Raider. Heavy, you know, heavy run-blocking background. Um, but, but the thing is, is that you do tire. When, when you're not doing that um, consistently, and then if you're always playing catch up, right? So there's always a sense of urgency. That energy level starts to lower. Right, <laughs> the right. The further and further you get into it, it's like ah, I can I can fake this intensity mm-hmm. for a series or two, and then some reality sets in. Uh, you know what? I might not have eaten enough green veggies. I might have might have went a little heavy. <laughs> you need some spinach, like Popeye, Sada. baby. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So the energy level starts to wane. But I think this also goes to show that the resiliency of the defense, right? You know, you can have that bad quarter, but then all of a sudden turn it back on and get the play when necessary to carry the team. Like, yes, we know we were a liability, but now we're about to go into asset mode. You know. <laughs> And right. boy, did they do it. And and T.J. Watt, I mean, almost single-handedly, him and Cam uh, took over um, at the end of that game to force into the situation where they did not get the lead. All they could hope to do was tie us right? Um, right. at a best-case best scenario. And then, of course, overtime. Let's just face it. I mean, you know, no better snaps in overtime than what they did at the end to secure the game and, and get a turnover on their side of the field. Unquestionably so. You know, I, I go back and I look and I thought Henry Mondo came in and put some good snaps at the nose tackle and helped out. For whatever reason, um, Kyle Fuller, the the, the, the center, he was yeah. turning 
our man Isaiah a little too easily. I just and that created that yeah. gap because then the guys were climbing up. They were just climbing up on the linebackers. And we're going to talk more about uh, linebackers coming up here. But I, I just in finishing, I thought Mondo came in. I thought Isaiah Loudermilk put in eight, nine good snaps where he was holding his his point at the point of attack for himself. At least he was holding ground. There were some others that were not holding their, their, their ground so very well at all. Well, and I think the other big thing was that you have to learn to be a 3-4 D tackle when you come from four down True. principles. True. And it takes time. So Isaiah Bugs, for as good as it might be, it's also going to be as worse as it can be. And you're trying to find that balance on the seesaw, right? You're trying yeah. to you're trying you're trying to keep it balanced. Like how how do I not be too aggressive, but also be able to hold at the point at the same time, but still doing it with aggression. So you're trying to figure that out. And that's always the tough thing um, with with a younger guy. Because like you said, when you came into the season, you had very seasoned guys in front of you that you were going to learn from. And it turned very quickly, six quarters into the season, that now, young guy, you, you're getting thrown in the fire. Because, you, like you said, you lose Tyson Alawalu, and then step two, it's unavailable. So now you just have Cam and Chris Wormley. All right. Well, we're going to go take a break. We'll be back with more right here in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, anytime we can run the ball, it's, you know, all, once again, all those were RPOs. And when they're giving it to us, we, we've got to um, just kind of, you know, coach does a war of attrition, right? Just just keep going. And KB coming in there and running a couple times hard. And, uh, you know, it's it was encouraging to see towards the end of that game when, when you really need it, you can um, pick up five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten when you when you really need it. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, you know, you come back and, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide where exactly to go, but Anthony McFarland's another guy that interests me. You know, we were talking about uh, the fact that they brought Zach Banner back and we're going to get into that a little bit, but... You know, they got until next week uh, to either activate Anthony McFarlane or put him back on the IR. And Anthony is one of those guys who's got some some gifts and talents that he's very capable, the cutback runner, the speed, that sort of thing. But I don't know, is it is he worth bringing up right at this point? You know? Yeah, I, I, think, I think that that is the question, right, because you kind of have your rotation going. You know that Benny was going to get first crack and then Kalen Bellage. And yes. both those guys kind of did some good things. 
um, when given the opportunities. I think that's the other thing. Najee, right. uh, you know, ha- ha- gets a lot of the opportunities. So it's <laughs> like when you do get your one, two shots, you got to make them count. You can't feel your way through it. And I think, you know, last week, Denver week, last week, right. um, you know, you had you had them kind of unsure, right? Both of them got passes. Both of them dropped their passes. And you're like, ah, okay, yeah. we got to go back to Najee. But now this week you kind of saw them with with more with more opportunities, and uh, they took advantage of them and it looked good. And I think that's the thing. It's just you got to get in rhythm, and so when you've already developed that three three back rotation rhythm, now to have a fourth back and decide who's going to go down, who's going to go up, I think you you don't want to mess with that because you look at a two game win streak. Things are going in the right direction offensively. Um, you know, we've seen the fast starts, right, from Green Bay to Denver, right. going out there and scoring, and then even, you know, getting a little stalled, but still going out and putting points on the board um, against Seattle, and, and having a great first half, essentially, right, to go up 14-zip, everything was going right. Um, do you want to mess that up after the bye, and especially when you know what this gauntlet is after the bye, right. because we have not you know, we, we, we just broke the surface with Cincinnati in division play. But now division play picks up significantly um, and a lot more conference games that are going to matter uh, as the season progresses. So it's like, do you tweak it right now just when you got the offense kind of humming? <laughs> right. I don't know if you do, even though he is gifted. And, yes, he can insert, but it's not the, it's not the preseason. It's not the preseason where you can roll through six backs in a game. No, exactly. you have to choose your spots. So I think it's going to be a tough decision made to determine where the current guys are and if Anthony adds anything tangible right now being first out the gates and kind of still needing to f- feel his way out through the season. You know, that's the thing that, too, that, you know, I look at w- what's his ability to contribute on the special teams. You know, I don't know that, uh, you know, Benny Snell does contribute. You know, Kalen Balage is another guy that can contribute. They can get their snaps in, in various ways. Um, McFarland, obviously. Big bodies. Yeah, they're, they're big bigger bodies. bodies. Right, yeah. exactly so. And I think one of the most significant things you talked about is, look, look how hard it was for Benny and for Kalen to be able to get some reps and be able to contribute and be able to get over that ring rust thing where – you know, as well as I do. If you're not out there when the things are going live, it's it's a different speed than practice and what you you know occurs there. And simply put, to me, now you're going to be reinserting a guy who really hasn't had any input in the offense since the preseason. You know, and uh, it, it, I don't know. I mean, it just it seems like one of those things that um, I'm going to be curious as to how it actually fleshes out. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting because, like you said, that the ring rust and getting it, and it's a lot different getting in the game in the first quarter versus coming into the game midway through the second quarter yes. where everybody is lathered up yes. and everybody is foaming at the mouth at that point versus, okay, let, 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 let's get in here and we're all raw and we're all trying to figure out what the tempo is versus we know the tempo and it's like get in you know get in or get out <laughs> exactly <laughs> type so of situation and that that's a tough thing you know um because you think of both these backs uh benny and uh Kalen have both been starters so they've understood that role but it's a different thing being a rotational back um and you're not getting first crack at everything so you've got to figure out hey 
okay, how do I jump in this double dutch rope, right? You know, it's like it's been going for a while, so they've got their rhythm, and i got to fit into that rhythm to keep things going. There's no question about it. And, I, again, I'm going to be really curious to see how it fleshes out. The other guy that is up is Zach Banner, of course, and they've got him back. He took a, you know, he jumped in and got a roster spot now. But they did not give him a helmet against Seattle, which I, I found a little bit curious. But I, I can understand that, all right, you got a roster spot open up, so you, you move ahead. Um, it's interesting to me that you got Dan Moore, who, who's, who's been struggling, okay, uh, he's yeah. he's done well. I, I don't want to you know you don't want to discourage him. He's done some really good things and he's he's played his heart out. And I love this upward trajectory and what this guy's capable of doing. Um, but you got some tough stuff coming up here, and the fact that you could have Chukes maybe move to left tackle Zach Banner and try your original tackle tandem that you thought you were going to start the season with is intriguing to me, and especially so. You know, facing what's coming up, and uh, you made a great point we're talking. I hadn't even thought that far ahead. You know, my wife always says, you know, if you would just look beyond today, <laughs> if you would just sometimes think, of, you know, what do you got to do tomorrow? I don't know. I, you know. Okay, maybe stop, start being a little more proactive instead of reactive all the time. You know, my <laughs> life is like putting one fire out after another, it seems like. I'm El yeah. Flambe, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, la you know, Flama Blanca. <laughs> yeah, La Flama Blanca. <laughs> exactly so, my friend. So, you know, the opportunity that, that maybe Dan, if he's got a, a little bit of an injury, might be, well, slow it down and, and get it good and healthy, and we'll just move forward with Chooks and with Zach. Yeah, I mean, because let's just face it, uh, Miles Garrett is not the one that you I'm want sorry, to... what was that name? Yeah, exactly. Miles Garrett. The, yep, he's still Miles here. Ga- Miles Garrett. Yeah. Let me see. The helmet swinger. Uh, yeah. Miles Garrett, the, really, the, and let's face it, one of the best defensive players in the NFL, this guy is really huge. And I say, you know, yes. the helmet swing is just, ah. Eh. But, you know, the point is, this guy can play. Yeah, Miles Garrett is one of those physically gifted athletes that knows that he's a physically gifted athlete. Right. That's always, that's all, that's always the challenge, right? We, yeah. You know, it's always about A players playing their A game. Yes, he is both of those. <laughs> he is A+. plus. He is A+, plus, head of the class, him, Aaron Donald and company. They know what they want to do. I mean, you know, the physical traits that Miles brings and, and the let's just face it, the absolute ferocity that he brings oh, yeah. on every play is not what you want to go to if you're feeling kind of unsure of yourself. He's not the guy that's going to give you a pick-me-up. Uh, <laughs> he might give you a pick-you-up and then slam you to the ground. True. Uh, that's the True. only type of pick-me-up he's giving. Um, and and you, you know the history. You know where it is. I think bringing the helmet swinging up means that there's always going to be some type of extra incentive for Miles Garrett to make sure that he is producing against this squad, which True. is the Steelers. So that's when you want you want your best out there. You want to feel as comfortable as possible going out there. And if Ch- Chooks has been putting some good tape out there the last couple of weeks, now see if he can transfer that from one side to the other. And then, like you said, bringing in the big body himself, right? You know, bringing in Zach Banner. And right. seeing if Zach can be that difference maker and kind of kind of work his way into where he's into the groove. You know, he, him and Trey Turner, how do they work together? Um, because they haven't really worked together. Right. I mean, they did, they did it for, what, a couple series in the third preseason game? Right. That was about it. So seeing how Trey and Zach work, and then seeing how Chooks and Dotson work together. 
and then how everybody kind of Voltrons up, so to speak, right? They become one big, big mechanical beast. Um, okay, explain you know, Voltron. Voltron. Okay, Voltron. Okay. 1980s cartoon, guys. Okay, came right. over from Japan. Uh, okay. It's these five mechanical cats from five different regions of the world, and they come together, the, and they create this ultimate Megazord type of deal um, <laughs> where they combine together. You know, you got two of them that become the legs, two becomes the arm, and the black cat becomes the center and the head of it. And then all they all go into the uh, into the the cockpit area, and then there's five guys, and they all control different elements of this robot. Well, five linemen, right? You got five <laughs> linemen. They get together. They converge to make one. It's like a fist, but except for I'm a cartoon nerdy kid, so I relate it to Voltron because that's also five that makes one. And here I'm five just going, make one big I thought robot. Silver Surfer was a great comic book, you know, villain and everything else and superhero eventually, whatever it was. I know nothing about it. Nothing. Yeah, that yeah, that 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 that's a completely different genre in nerddom. <laughs> uh, you're referring to the Marvel universe and it, it's cool. There's but uh, no five people converge to make one person. No, that's true. <laughs> but you yeah. you do have the fantastic four so that you're minus one. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I would, you still might as well. Yeah, yeah, we don't want four linemen. Yeah, we don't want four was, linemen coming together. Fact, but we need the, five. The <laughs> funniest thing I remember was my rookie year when Tunchilkin got hurt during the doubles. We're, we're in doubles and everything, uh, and it was yeah. the week we used to. They'd bring in the rookies before the the vets came in for a week of doubles, so it was misery. Yeah. We we were down to five linemen for the last two days, so we ran every single snap through four straight practices in full pads up at camp. And midway, like twenty minutes left in the in the last practice before the Thursday, that the the veterans reported, Tunch goes down with a knee injury, and we're all going, "Thank you, Tunch, stay down, stay down," because <laughs> <laughs> we only had four linemen at that point. That was it. Yeah, exactly. Half line drills galore at that point. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we'll be back with the second hour coming up. We have Steel City Insiders Jim Wexel right here at the top of the hour. <laughs> 